Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Awesome. And he is always present with us. Amen? Amen. I can tell you one thing. He is such a loving God. I find that uh, there's so many different... uh, agendas that people have but the one agenda that the lord has is that he's taking care of you he loves you and he has a bright plan for every single person even though we go through our challenges whatever it is he always has a plan he's always our father he always takes care of us and so i just love it so today um what we're going to discuss and what we're going to talk about is actually in the area of serving, because I find, um, you know, just in our own natural way of thinking, we're always um, trying to peel off the layers, you know, of just the way that we think about things, the way that the world portrays things on us, the way the enemy comes in and wants to uh, distort uh, the natural way that God intended for us to exist with each other. And so, I actually want to dig into the area of serving because I feel like even in the area of serving, that can be quite construed. There's a lot of different ways that people interpret what that means. And, you know, there's lots of things when it comes to, say, elements of like leadership and that sort of stuff where we have a really construed idea of what those types of things mean. And so I want to dig into the scriptures because I find that Jesus really... Um, establishes to us a very clear picture on what serving is. And so if we actually go to John 13, 1 to 17, I feel like this is one of the strongest um, points that Jesus makes uh, in the Bible when it comes to the area of serving. It said, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. That's a part that I'd like to just allude to, is that he loved his disciples. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth. He loved them. You know, when you think of love, right, it's that... ...of just getting close with those disciples. So let's, let's first establish that. It says, and now he loved them to the very end. So basically to the point where he knows he's going to depart. He's like, man, I love the disciples right to the very end, right to the very tip of the end of of, uh, my time here on earth. And it says, it was supper time. It was time for supper. And the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father, Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had, he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, he said, uh, said to him, uh, or sorry, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Okay, so think about this for a second here. Like, Jesus, right? I said that he loved them right to the very end. Think about what's going on here. Because how many of you guys know, like, there's um, people that pretend, and I find that in our society, we've got a lot of pretending when you look at the elements that we can do online, right? So people are, what, they're doing like a social image of like how they are, so that they're portrayed a certain way. But in reality, they're quite And then we see here that he just, I believe out of that outflow of his love towards his disciples, he's just like, man, I love these disciples so much. And he's just like, I'm gonna serve them. And I don't, I don't even just want to, I don't even like, what is, the, what is the most I could serve them? Like, I think he was like so compassionate and just so full of love that he was just like, 
what is the most that I could do right now? He wasn't like, and I'm going to establish the principle of love right now before I take off, and then you now have the principle. <laughs> like, I think he was genuinely full of compassion and love to the point where he's like, man, I just, I want to wash their feet because I just love them so much. And it said here, and so think about that. If a savior loved you that much, like he would just like, he would just say, okay, look at every time you need to wash your feet, I'm going to wash your feet. Could you imagine a king? Could you imagine the queen doing that, right? You know, we, I, I know that's top of mind right now. Could you imagine so much that I would actually want to wash your feet. I just, I'm just exploding with love towards you, that I just want to wash your feet. That's what we're seeing in the Savior here. And it says, then he began to wash. Okay, so where are we? Um, okay, so yeah, so Peter said, Lord, you are, you, um, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. So think about this. How many of us are in that state of mind today? How many of us have never really understood the full magnitude of all of these scriptures and the fulfillment of what Jesus did? How many of us are still not understanding it? This is an experience that they had where they had a one-on-one -on -one interaction with Jesus and they were going through that experience, yet they still couldn't comprehend fully what that meant at that point in time. So you know, a lot of us, we read the scripture and we ask ourselves, you know, like, or we think that we may understand something, but what if we didn't? What if we're not getting it, you know? What if we're not really understanding fully what that means, you know? And so, um, where are we here? So no, uh, Peter protested, right. Uh, unless I wash your feet, oh, sorry, hold on. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. And then, <laughs> so then Peter goes, no, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. And then Jesus said this, Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. He is basically saying, I want to be your servant. Who does that? Who says to another person, I want to serve you? I want to be a servant of you. No one, no one does that, right? That's not common, common practice. But we live in another world, in God's kingdom, where we need to learn what that means. We need to learn these attributes. And we need to learn that love and that magnitude of that love that Jesus had while he was on the earth. And it says, so unless I wash, wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, and then this is, you know, again, just, he's just going out there, right? Like, he's like, okay, fine. If, you, if you're telling me this is the only way I'm going to get to know you, right? He's like, then wash my hands and head as well. Lord, not just my feet, you know? Because you're like, oh, I'm just going to go extreme mode, you know? Uh, and I know I, I talk to Trevor sometimes, and he's just like, man, you know, I'm going to go all that way. I'm going all that way, <laughs> you know? And it's like... You know, like some of us, we do that, right? We just go all the other way. And so it says, um, it says, uh, and then Jesus replied with his rational answer. He says, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet. So he's like, you, don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to serve you, but I'm going to serve you where you need it, you know? And it says, um, and you disciples are clean, uh, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. So how can you motivate yourself to wash someone else's feet? This is what we're going to talk about. Uh, why are we motivated to wash someone's feet? Who wants to wash my feet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who wants to wash your feet, right? Come on. I'm serious. 
And it says, you ought to wash each other's feet. This is Jesus. This isn't, this isn't just a suggestion. This is what Jesus is saying, to wash each other's feet. And it says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Check this out. Slaves are not greater than their master, okay? Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So nobody is greater than Jesus. Jesus said, wash feet. We're going to wash feet, folks, okay? <laughs> if you go to church, if you believe in Jesus, then you're going to want to wash some feet. But why? Why? Why do we wash feet? Because of the love that we share for one another. Because of the amount of immense love that you would care for another person that you're saying to yourself, I don't have a titling, uh, an, an entitlement mentality. I don't have a mentality of pride. I don't have a mentality of feeling like I have to be up on a pulpit. I don't have a mentality of, you know, I need to be first before you are. I don't have a mentality of that. You need to be able, to, we have to be able to get past the, the, all of that and get to a place inside of our hearts that says, I have a deep longing and desire inside of my heart out of love, out of connection with the Father, and out of that connection with the Father and understanding and Him forming and, and, met and, and, and forming and, and shaping my heart and growing inside of me and giving heart to, to resonate on the inside over and over and over and over to the point where you're just so compelled out of a spirit of loving a person for the sake of the person because you care about the genuine person that they are that you want to serve them that is what christ is after the disciples weren't aware of the magnitude of the strength of that love of the amount of love that he had for them and for others how that even taking the position of a servant didn't matter to christ that he was like, I'm going to serve you because that's my paramount thing. I don't care. He's not like, oh, well, no, I need to be the king. I need to like wear my crown around so everybody recognize that I'm the king. No, he said, I need, to be this, I need to be able to serve each one of you. And if you don't let me serve you, then you're not even someone that I can actually have. You know what I mean? Like I can't even, like, I can't even be close with you if you don't let me serve you. So we have to be receivers of that kind of service, but we have to be participators of that kind of service. So that kind of love connection is what drives the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of the times I find in serving that people are like, oh, well, you know, like, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add it up in my head, and I'm going to give so many hours of service, right? And by giving those hours of service... I've done a really good deed, you know what I mean? Or I'm going to hit my quota and want to actually care for one another. You know what I mean? Like we have to choose to want to love one another to the point where we actually want to be with each other. You know what I mean? Like it really starts with trying to be with each other and then in being with each other, right? What happens as a result of that? Now we have to work on our character. We have to work on our flaws. We have to work on ways that we can love one another, that we can have communion and fellowship and, and true intimacy with one another. And we can practice this God-given uh, gift that he's given us to be able to have a love capacity to one another. And so then when we start acting on those areas in our hearts, we start actually accessing new ways that we can serve one another. We start saying to ourselves, you know what? I can't get over it. How much I love every single person here. How much I love, you know, um, you know, Chris and, and Luke and Sarah and how much I just, you know, uh, love Headley and Rosetta and, and Patricia and Michael and, you know, and Donna and, you know, just everybody, um, everybody here. Like, it's just like, if we can get to a place where we choose to love one another, you're going to get to a place where you can serve one another. And that's really where it comes from. You know, don't get up and say like, you know, on a big hiatus saying, well, look at me. 
I'm doing something great. You're not doing anything great. You're not doing anything awesome. The only awesome thing you could possibly do, even while you're here on earth, is to love one another. You know, the kingdom of God is full of people where they say that there's going to be people that are supposedly that you think are going to be up there because maybe they have some kind of CEO mentality or maybe they have some kind of, um, you know, leadership capability that they can think in another realm so then they can operate in another capacity, but yet they're disconnected and disjointed because they don't truly genuinely love the individuals. And you have a janitor who comes in and scrubs a toilet bowl and the janitor is saying, I just love every single person and I don't even care what job I'm doing. I love that person so dearly. I can tell you one thing, that Christ will be motivated out of the spirit of love that he experiences from every single person that he has interaction with. And he's going to know because he knows who he's been able to pour his love into and who he's been able to get his love through. And so all I'm asking you to do is to say, why do I serve? Why am I giving myself in a capacity? You know, I, I know that there's a lot of people we come in, you know, maybe we're serving on a Sunday and we're like, I'm just going to truck it. I'm just going to like, you know, I'm just going to like buckle down and do it. And that's great. Okay. Those are great aspects to have, Like that's ethics, right? Like we can have a good ethic, a good work ethic, a good, you know, like capacity that way. But even more than your ethic is your love capacity. The only way you're going to grow your love capacity is intimacy with the Lord. The only way that you're going to be able to have the, the fortitude for the, the perspective of eternity is through the love aspect in your spirit. If you really want to see an area of serving, if you really want to see Christ-centered reality where you know, you're seeing revivals or you're seeing whatever it is that your heart's longing for, I can tell you one thing, you won't see it unless you have the love of God at the core of everything that you do. And so we need to see that we want to serve one another, but not because you're being compelled to, not because I'm giving you this in a nutshell and you can comprehend it psychologically, but you can never experience it in your spirit. You need to go to a place where you can get beside, uh, where you can get into a, a quiet place with the Lord, have fellowship with him, and then have fellowship with other believers and practice that element of love. Practice that element of servitude. Practice the element of being lower than the person that you are connected to. Practice the, the, the element of saying, it's not about having something better than that person. It's about making that other person better. It's about making them feel wonderful. That's what real serving does. And if you feel like you are leading, like you're up here and they're right here, I can tell you right now, that in your mind, you don't have it right. Because the reality is, if you're a servant, you are here and they are here. You are down here, they are there. Because they're the ones that are being taken care of. They're the ones getting what you are helping them with. They're the ones that are going to live out the benefits of what you pay the price for. That is what serving does. And so you have an expectation that what you serve, that what you are providing when you love someone, that you have an expectation, an urgency in your spirit that that would excel, that a person would grow, that a person would thrive in everything that they are. Not that they're going to be your Padawan. Not that they're going to be somebody that becomes, you know, a, a controlled person. It becomes a place of serving the individual because of a love and a connection to that person. And that the, the thing that draws that person to want to pay attention to you is because you are doing something to help bless them. And the blessing you get is to be a part of their life. Amen? So that's what it means when it comes to the area of serving. And so we can actually go to our next verse here. And, it, you know, and I just really love that, that passage because no one... No one, no one provided that prior, you know what I mean? Like, no one served the way Jesus served. Like, if he didn't come on the earth, you, you and I would have nothing. You and I would be so lost right now because we didn't, set the, we didn't set the rules. We didn't set the foundation of the earth. We didn't set the parameters on how all of existence functions. Jesus coming and laying that example was so wonderful 
that we can actually experience the fullness of what those scriptures are. Amen? And so I find that that's just so awesome, the way that Jesus is. And so in Mark 9.35, it says, He sat down, called the twelve disciples over to him, and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Be the servant of everyone else. Do you think he's joking when he says that? Do you really think that he's actually joking? Do you really think that you can say, I'm going to have my type of uh, understanding of leadership when Christ said that that's not even how this whole thing works? No. It's not going to function like that. Over the course of eternity, you will see it play out that there is going to be a shift that will take place. You might have elements or pockets of maybe being able to live in a certain kind of way, potentially, right, if we don't change, where we can say, no, I'm going to hold on to an old way of thinking. I'm going to hold on to a non-Jesus way of functioning, right? But guess what? Over the course of eternity, it will play itself out in the end where the ones that are the servants of all, the people that choose to just want to serve somebody, that want to give somebody else a greater thing, that that is what Jesus represents. That is what Jesus himself does. That is why you won't stay in a broken place. That is why he said, I came to set the captive free. That's why I came for the poor, the brokenhearted, everything. Because he said, I'm going to lift that person up and take them to a higher place. I'm going to serve that individual and take them to a better place. And believe it or not, earlier in that scripture verse, it, you know, the disciples were arguing over who's the best. <laughs> so that's what we're up against, right? And if you want to be first, right, it's like you must take last place and be a servant for, of everyone else. So I can tell you right now, if you... It's to a totally different thinking. Totally different. All through the scripture. I, you know, I, I, I don't have time to dig into too many scriptures, but I can tell you right now, like, Paul and Peter and, and James and, and, and John and all of them, you know, they talked about, like, you know, with the Romans, with the leadership that they had, and, and even, like, a servant, like, just serve them, you know, and maybe they will understand the grace and the love of Christ by being a servant to somebody who is actually you know, having that top-down mentality, that you serve that individual like you are serving Christ. You know, like they had such a fortitude on these realms of serving, you know what I mean? To the point where they're just like walking around in chains and they don't even, they're not even thinking about it the same way. And we can have a hard time just walking into church and like greeting somebody or like even just having a fellowship time with somebody because we think their personality stinks. Because we think we can't spend time getting to know someone who's of an older or a younger generation. Or we can't, you know, like get to a place where we're serving in a different capacity to be able to love on someone, you know? But like, here are people in chains and, and saying like, guys, like this is how we need to, we need to remain. We need to have this fortitude of servanthood. We need to be the servant and we need to make sure that we represent that because maybe they will, they, maybe they will understand it. It's not like, oh, well, maybe you can pay them back, you know what I mean, for that. And maybe you can just like leave that place because, you know, because serving that person is a tyrant. Place over here called church and I need to put you in a bubble and we need to make programs that serve every single aspect of your personality and when you get jarred in how you feel inside of yourself we'll make sure not to push the button too hard because we don't want to upset the congregation we don't want to upset the individuals that are participating in this congregation we don't want to offend anybody because if we offend somebody they might decide that they want to take off or you know they might decide that you know it's just not good enough for them right or, you know, maybe I'm not going to have as big of a following. Or, you know, maybe I'm not going to build out what I wanted to. Or maybe they're not going to serve in an area of ministry. Like, we got to get past that, guys. We need to understand, like, the Bible, you know, there were people in chains, right? Like, they were writing the, the passages of Scripture that you hold near and dear to your heart. Precious, precious people in chains, okay? Writing in jail, writing something 
to give you life. Serving you to give you life. Do we not owe it to serve in another capacity, to be a person of love, to be a person that says, you know what? I am learning something. I am getting something from the Holy Spirit. You might say to yourself, I've not gotten something from the Holy Spirit in like 15 years. I'd be like, you know, like, wow. Like, we're not getting something from the Spirit. We're not getting something from the Lord. Like, let's get on like some kind of retreat. Let's go. Like, let's, you know, like my wife is teaching all the resuscitation stuff, like, you know, CPR and different things. You know, let's get those vital signs active again. Let's just, you know, let's do some CPR. Let's get that heart pumping again, right? Let's do that. Let's get the church. Let's, boom, let's give them like a shock. Get the heart, like, you know, woken up and get it pumping again, right? Get it sustained. Get it get it, you know, get into that place of, you know, and maybe you don't have that strength yet, but, but getting that heart pumped up, getting your spirit, man, alive, working on your heart, working on your spirit. Like the enemy knows what he's doing to each one of you. He knows how he's getting in there. He knows how he's going to sneak on in. He's going to break into your, the realm of your quiet place. He's going to distort and make morbid everything that you could possibly hold near and dear and true. And he's going to say, don't even spend time with the Lord. Don't even, don't even, don't even, you know, fantasize about anything that God could possibly do wonderful for you. Or, or don't even fantasize about anything that, that how God is so great and loving. And we come into church so locked in to just a complacent, lethargic, beaten down, defeated mentality. Because we don't believe, we don't have any expectation or hope or life on the inside, and we walk in with not a physical chain, but a spiritual chain. And then we ask, you know, each other, hey, can you help me in this area? And what do we do instead of, you know, working on our spirit, man, getting to a place where we can operate in love? We say, yeah, because I don't want to be seen as somebody who never served, because, you know, and, or because someone compelled me that I need to be able to serve here, but I'm in chains in my spirit, and I'm dragged down, and I'm beaten down, and I don't have anything to give. Because we don't understand that to belong to Christ is to have him serve us. To belong to Christ is to have his love actually permeate in our spirit. And you can't delay it either. You can't be like, oh, well... You know, I'm going to wait until that happens. No, you got to get on the train of getting Christ in the center of you because he said that even if you look to the left or you look to the right, you give, up, give anything else other than me, he says, you're not even worthy to be my disciple. So we got to get on the train of that love. we got to get on the train of who Christ is. We have to get on the train. And when, when it sparks in your heart that I need to serve, we need to serve, guys. We have to serve one another. We have to love one another. We need to operate from the place of that love and that place where we get it from the Holy Spirit. We get it from God himself. And when he loves you, you will be transformed. You will not be the same person that you, you once were. And you will learn what that real love feels like when you get to serve somebody because you just cared to see them have a sparkle in their eye over something that you knew was great for them. And guess what? There is nothing greater than to see the love that Christ instilled inside of your spirit get poured out and sewn into another aspect of life. Because that is the very foundation of how Christ was trying to define things. And this is only as much as I can understand of it. You know what I mean? but to define it so that he can show that for his disciples. Let me break it up. Let me just break it down even more. We're going to go into the future. We haven't even been here, okay? Guess what? The Bible already talks about this, okay? So check this out. Let's go to like literally the second last verse or last chapter of the Bible. Let's go to Revelations. I think it's the second last, 22, 3 to 5, okay? Write this one down, all right? Guys, I'm trying, 
I'm trying to get there, okay? I'm trying to get to a place where I know who Christ is, and I'm wanting people to be there with me, and I want you guys to push me. I'm telling you guys, I'm trying to get it as pure as we can, okay? We need each other so bad. All right, so Revelation 22, 3 to 5, it says, There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God... Okay, hold on. Before we read that, let's just stop, because there's actually a scripture verse earlier where it says that... um, Let me just make sure it's not in this part. Yeah, okay, so where Jesus says that, and there will never be a tear anymore, any longer. There will never be any sorrow, no pain, no nothing. Oh, that's when, not just when there's not going to be anything. That it's just going to be completely awesome. Nobody's going to be complaining. There's not going to be any sorrow, no nothing. Okay, check this. So he says that, and then there's this. There will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will no longer be any night, and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. So let's talk about a bondservant, because that's, that's the, the, the word they used in the Bible there. Some other translations say it a little bit different. It's the same, sort of, the same uh, context. useful in a situation like this. So anyways, bondservant, the definition of a bondservant is one bound to service without wages. One bound to service, oh, I do, I have it written down here actually. Okay, sorry, I I was going ahead um, with the other thing that I was uh, concerned about not sharing. So I do, I do have it a bit later, I just forgot that. Okay, so one bound to service without wages. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Come on, guys. Guess what? You're doing it without a wage. You're doing it because you just love the person. Christ didn't serve his disciples and wash their feet because he's getting a wage out of it. He washed their feet because he's like, man, I just love this disciple. I love this disciple. Are you kidding me? No strings attached. Are you kidding me? That's Christ? Right? Where do you hear of that today? Nowhere. It doesn't even exist. In any religions, in any form of any secular mentality, in nothing. It didn't happen anything prior to Christ. It happened because of Christ. That he just said, just because you're so dang cute, you disciples. I just love you so much that I just want to scrub your little toesies. Okay? (laughs) I'm trying to lighten it up because I really need you to get it. I really want you to get it. No wages. So it says that that people, that a people are going to be bond slaves. People that don't want a wage and they're going to serve God. They're not going to want any wage. How can they do that? Why would they do that? Why would I ever want to work for somebody who doesn't pay me a dime? (laughs) Because he does it for you. Because he says, I don't want a dime. Because your dime means nothing. All I care about is the fact that I just want to love you. Because there's something about you that's precious. There's something just about the person that you are that God just found so precious. The very person that you are is the most precious thing that he could possibly fathom to have. And he wants to serve it. He wants to serve you. He wants to serve the person that you are. So, bondservant, who wants to have no age? Guess what? Guess what? That's Revelations. That's your future. <laughs> That's the future, folks. Wages, you get nothing. All right? 
I don't care what you're making right now. I don't care if it's going up. I don't care if it's going down. Guess what? I know that in the future it goes, okay? Because we're just bond servants. That's okay. <clears throat> love gives because love has no expectation meter. It doesn't have an expectation. It doesn't have anything where it says, oh, you need to give me something as a result of that. No. Guys, I don't think yet. Like, his kingdom is just, it's like, how can you say there's never going to be a tear? How can you have people that just are like, I'm just going to serve? They just, like, I don't want nothing. Like, I don't think there's a better kingdom that you've ever heard of in history lessons. I don't think there's anything that even any kind of uh, astrologists or fortune tellers could even drum up in their brain. It says that no eye, no ear can even comprehend the amount of plans that your father has over who you are. There's nothing that can comprehend how big he sees you and how much he cares about each aspect of who you are. It's like you could try to bring your imagination up to whatever you think. I can guarantee that somehow you're going to put inside of yourself, which I do as well too, that you disqualify some aspect. You disqualify yourself from being cut off from some kind of element of some kind of blessing or some kind of aspect of his great grace that he can give because we disqualify. And so even when we, we think, oh no, but he loves me so much, he loves me so much, we still have that rump, that vroom, negative twist. Why? Because we're entrenched in a world where it is so bombarded inside of our society to live that way guess what? It's not going to be existing when we get to heaven. It's not going to be existing when we get to that place. And uh, thank God. All right, so let's go to Revelation 21, 3 to 6. And I heard a loud voice, so this was a bit earlier, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among the people, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give water. This is the part I really want you. Write this down for yourself if you need to memorize this. Okay. Oh, shoot. I just, okay. I will give water to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. Without cost. He didn't set it up and say, I'm going to lord it over you. He didn't say, you're going you're gonna to have to serve me as a result. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to give it to you without cost. Because even if you don't want to serve, even if you don't want to do anything, I love you so much that I will continually serve who you are as a person. He will continually serve and love you. And the only thing that you're going to learn as a result of that bond-servant type mentality is that you're going to get too intoxicated by a loving Savior. You're going to get too intoxicated by having somebody who did not ask for a dime every single time you come to that well. Every single time you go to have an experience with Christ, he will charge you zero for that experience. Zero again. Zero again. Zero again. And on the inside of your heart, you're going to be so full of Everything that he can give you because he says, I still see you so precious. I still see you so precious. I still see you so precious. What happens? What happens? What happens in that scenario? What happens? You get to a place where you experience what meaning and purpose and what drives this whole existence to take place. You understand something, and you're like, 
that is exciting. And you learn something different. You're like, why am I serving? Why am I wanting to do this? Because Christ knew what Christ is. Christ knew what you are. He knew you are creation. He knows you and I are a created being. He knows we need him to be able to function. He is the servant of every single being. He is your humble servant. He chose to be your servant. Do you think that, do you think that there will ever be a time when we're going to get to a place where we can outserve? Because he serves entirely forever. And he will always serve you. I think that what we are is knowing how he created us. That we are made in his image, right? So you know what those little bonds, what all of us, and I say little because I'm thinking of Jesus, but you know what all of us little bond servants are doing? We're being little mini Jesuses, walking around, giving all the water, okay, the living water and everything up, and we're walking around being little bond servants ourselves and giving each other wonderful things, saying, nope, cost nothing, boom, boom, boom. And you've got Christ, the highest example, the one who's serving every single person, right? And it's like, that's going to be so intoxicating. That's going to be so awesome. Are you kidding me right now? That that's what we get to do to one another, that we can serve in that kind of a capacity. Like, guys, we need to unlock our minds a little bit and maybe start thinking more heavenly in how we operate in the faces of the people that you have around you. Ask yourself, how, how do I stay connected? Like, we are trying to do this kind of stuff in our church. Like, we're trying to, um, you know, put on different events so we can all connect with each other. We're trying to do stuff, you know what I mean? Like, where we have small group meetings and we have prayer nights and we have, you know, like, like encounters. I know you guys all hear about those kinds of things. And it's not like we're trying to, you know, say, oh, you got to come out to this thing. You got to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, if you want to experience life, if you want to experience Christ, if you want to know who he is, we have to be able to actually get that information through to each other we actually have to build each other up in this we actually have to flourish each other like that's why there's a you know everything like all the things are just to build connection all the things are just to keep driving up the connection just to drive up the relating of everything so that we can actually get to a place where we can actually say to each other and be like you don't need, i don't even know why but i'm just going to bless you because i just i just chose to bless you and there's nothing, no expectation in return. It's just, that's just what's happening. You know, like, I would love to start seeing that more in the church. Like, I mean, I don't know what that was. But, um, okay. Looks like some kind of uh, mint or pill or something. I don't know. Our, our doll, okay? Our two doll to see what is fully going on. You know, like I would just love to break that open in my brain and just say, okay, I get it, God. Like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to just get it in my head. But I just don't, you know what I mean? I don't always get it. You know, like I'm fighting with something on the inside of me that just wants to get me away from that truth. Just wants to rip me apart and take me into some kind of realm of having a desire a different way. Desiring wrong things, you know? or just getting into a greedy or a selfish mentality or whatever it is. It's like, I have to get that out of me, right? Just fight that, you know? We got to get up and, and wake ourselves up, guys, so we can get that reality of who Christ is. And it says here, um, and, and so anyways, um, this, is the, this is the analogy I can get um, for it. It's like, think about how hard it is if you have a dull knife and you're chopping things. Now, think about that in spectrum of doing a lot of stuff. Like, I know, uh, I've talked to Chris, you know, he's, he's been a butcher, you know, I've been a butcher, and, um, you know, I remember doing, like, a 12-hour shift. I don't know why they like doing, like, these long hours, like, in the way that they run things. <laughs> they would just have, I guess they're maybe understaffed or something, but um, you'd just be, like, 
chopping away. And I remember doing like some really long shifts. My parents, I know they, they were around and, and they're just like, you know, like seeing that I'm not necessarily <laughs> enjoying it. But it was like I had to do it because I just, I had to keep going, right? That work ethic, I had to um, keep going forward. But anyways, um, but 12 hours, imagine how hard it would take if that blade never got sharpened. And you're just, and you're like, just sawing away, and you're just, oh, it's so hard. I find it so difficult. I'm done. Everything's falling apart. I can't. Just like how we're not investing in one another, how we're not actually getting into a place where we are saying, I need fellowship with my believers. I need, I need my huddle time with my believers. I need my, my connection time. I need, I need my time where I'm getting that instilled into my spirit man. And so then what you're doing is you're sharpening your blade. You're sharpening your blade, okay? You're still doing a 12-hour shift. You're still doing whatever it is that you're doing in your life. But guess what you're doing now? You're sharpening your blade, sharpening, 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 sharpening. You're having an aspect of being able to say, okay, you know, church is good, but there needs to be a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like church is good on Sunday, but there needs to be a bit more. You know what I mean? And so you're actually building relationship. You're like, I'm going to connect with so-and-so. I'm going to connect with so-and-so. I'm going to build these relationships. And you're sharpening your knife. And guess what? I can tell you, like, Chris, you could probably say this too, right? It's like cutting like butter after a while. Like if you get a knife sharp enough, you could get some really hard meat, and I mean, you're just, and I mean, those butchers, like the really experienced ones, they're sitting there, they're sharpening their knife, like, quite frequently, but they're pausing, right, to sharpen that knife. They're taking a pause, but guess what? They're getting into the end of that 12 hours, and they've done up a ton of, ton of wonderful things. You want to know why? Because they're sharpening themselves. Guess what? When we actually build ourselves in our spirit man, we're actually going to sharpen ourselves and we can fulfill that God-given purpose. Because if I have a true love on the inside of me, guess what? Even when I get tired, you know what happens? You want to know what happens? All of a sudden, the love of God hits my spirit, and it goes, boom! And I'm just like, I don't know how I have energy right now. I should be tired, exhausted right this second, but I just care about people right now, and I care about an individual right now. But it's only when I keep sharpening my knife. As soon as I stop sharpening, I don't have that same connection. It's like something throws me off. I, I'm doing like the same work in like sound or whatever it is. It's like now I'm jarred. Now I'm thrown off. And I'm like, oh, I'm defeated. And then I feel guilty. And I beat myself up. And I'm telling myself you're not worth anything. And let out and and if I only knew that Christ said, if you do not let me wash your feet, if you do not let me be your servant, if I only knew that my Savior was the actual servant to, to me, if I only knew that, then I would actually not be in my place of bondage right now. If I only knew that, I would not be there. Because the love of God stirs it up. The love of God purifies us. It strengthens us. It gives us fortitude. There's a capacity to overwhelmingly do great things in Christ because he's the servant. He's the servant of you and I. He never said, oh, you know what? I am only going to give you something when you decide to repent of all your sins and you come to me and then I need you to say the rosary 10 times. I need you to be able to go and apologize to 10 people and I need you to also um, make sure that you um, constantly antagonize yourself and when you're done antagonizing yourself in trying to be perfect, then when you fail, you're going to live in condemnation again. And then after you've done that condemnation cycle, I want you to, um, to possibly think that you might be worthy of calling out to me. No. Christ saved you from your sin. Christ's blood 
cleansed you of your sin. Christ's blood redeemed you, forgave you, and gave you a new identity, an identity that is a repellent to sin. That when you walk in Christ, in his love, that you are now sanctified. When you walk in the love and the fortitude of Christ, you now become the bondservant. You now be, be in a place of a capacity to be a servant. But you have to get there, you know? I don't know why we're so disjointed and disconnected all the time, like in a lot of the church, but we need to get back to being less disjointed, like wake up tomorrow and say, you know, how can I go and connect in a different way? How can I maybe get more involved with the different things that are going on or the different people? Like, guys, like, I'm serious. Like, I'm not waiting, like, you know, I'm going to wait however long God wants me to wait, but, you know, like, I'm just going to just keep going and just keep doing it. So, so think about that knife, sharpen, 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 because if you want to be able to be a servant, which, again, we get no wage for, it's only going to be out of love, because that's the only definition of what Christ did anyways. He wants you to love somebody, and that's the only reason for serving. Um, so, yeah. Um, so this is what I want to do. Um, I want to talk about where we're at as a church. I wanted to preface that before I even mentioned it, because I feel like if we even say that there's a need in the church, that without having that kind of thinking, I do not want to see anybody stepping up to the plate that isn't saying, only reason why I'm serving today is because I love that person. You can have perseverance, keep in mind, where you can feel a little bit hard and pressed where the enemy tries to come in and persevering in those situations is healthy. But there is a place where if you're not getting filled, okay, you're not getting God inside of you, and that's what we're going to do today, then, um, then there's, a, you know, there's, a, there's a lack there, right, to be able to serve. And we don't want people that are going to serve that are not full of God because we only want people that follow Jesus, that desire him, that have intimacy and connection with the Holy Spirit, that are re ready to want to serve and to serve at a place where they've experienced Christ. And that's why we have an encounter. That's why we have like um, our replenish retreats. It's a place where, they can, where you can get that, right? You can get that connection with God. There's even lessons pre and post if you're wanting to understand it more. So there's like lessons that people can have, like beginner lessons, you know, like some of the ABCs of the things in, in the Bible, you know, and just get that foundation right. So if you're wanting those, when you, you know, if, when you sign up, uh, you go to the replenish retreat, have a look at what some of those foundation things are and see, is, is that essential for me? And look at the nights that those are hosted and see if you're, you're interested in that. So, <clears throat> so here's the thing. This is where we're at as a church, okay? I just want people to know the need because as, as fellow believers, right, we're all in this together, there should be an understanding of the need. So in the church, our need, where, where we're at, is we need to see pretty much almost every area of ministry where we need people that could possibly serve in different areas. So we're talking like we, we're, 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 we're short in regards to the amount of people that we need in our children's ministry. Um, we're short in the amount of people that we need in our ushering. We even got like in different departments. Um, we let the different ones that are already serving know like when there's like we actually need people to step up and potentially even like lead in those ways. So we're looking for people that can lead in different capacities from people that have already been serving, keep in mind. But we're, for, if, you've, if you're not served, there's, there's different ways that we, we do need people serving. Like we need people in the children's ministry, the ushering, uh, sound and media, worship, um, kids club, youth. I know that there are even the basketball. Uh, we're needing some, some volunteers there. Um, where else? I feel like I'm missing some. Oh, and believe it or not, I'm going to just announce it a little bit early, but next week Maddie's going to share about a new initiative that we're doing with Kids Club where we're going to see, um, we're going to be doing Adopt the Site. So we're going to try that every other week. Um, so we need some people that are going to want to help there too. So the reason why I'm saying this is because 
guys, like, I'm in it. I'm in it, <laughs> and I'm serving, and I don't, you know, like, we don't want, like, we got to serve with the right spirit, and the right spirit is we're just doing it because we just want to serve each other, and we want to serve our community, amen? And guess what? Um, another thing that's interesting is, you know, as a church, like, even in the, the different ones that are leading in different areas, we have, we keep track of how we're sowing into different areas, and so, like, even in the area of outreach, like, we give over 50%, I, I don't know if it's over 60, but I know it's, like, over 50% towards outreach initiative type of things, like, whether it's through giving away to missions, or, you know, whether it's through, like, the programs that we're doing through Kids Club, or whatever it is, like, that's what we're doing, and, you know, we're not actually wanting to give any of that up, and we actually want to be able to increase those things, like, we're choosing to want to know how to do that better, we actually, that's, that's the desire. And so like, you know, like in a lot of the things that we're even, the way we're serving, like when we're asking for people that are helping out, like in all those areas, right, you can see there's, you know, potential like deficits in different type of areas. But not only that, we're saying like, we want to look at adopting a site through Kids Club. Like we want to have like another thing that we're doing. Like who are these people, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like someone looking in, it's because guys, the motivation needs to be right. The motivation is just because all we want to do is just serve. All we want to do is just care for people because we just want to love them. Amen? And so we don't want to ever slow that down. We want to have a team of people that think that way, that are lovers of people that operate in serving one another and serving in different capacities. You know, the disciples weren't like, you know, ah, that position is not... For me. I do not deserve that kind of position. You have no idea what kind of a leader I am. <laughs> no, you want to know what that leader, those leaders did? They were in chains. They said, I'm a bondservant of Christ. They said, love one another. They said, serve those Roman rulers who are over you, and you're actually a physical slave. And he, they said, serve them well. Serve them like you serve Christ. They said, be a good slave. Why? Because they knew what Christ did. They turned, the tide has been turned when Christ came, the way that he represented um, how we're supposed to serve. And so today what I want to break down is the heart. And I want to break down um, an area of the heart where some people might have been touched potentially by this. And um, there's no expectation, but if, if you are someone who said, my heart, and I'm not even going to ask you to put up your hand, I'm, I just, if we can get some worship going in the background, I don't want anybody stepping out, feeling like, you know, I don't want any of that, I don't want any, anybody having to show anything, it's between you and the Lord, you have a relationship with the Lord, I don't need to have any form of acknowledgement here, but I want you to pray, and I want you to pray in your heart. If you feel like in your heart you said that I do not actually operate in a spirit of love in serving, that I am not actually motivated correctly, I do not actually serve as a bond servant. I'm not serving because I love that individual. Maybe, maybe you, 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 you did start there, but maybe you drifted away. Maybe you started um, wanting to serve God, but then, you know, you got pride in the way, and you said, look at me, I'm the head of the pack right now. Or, you know, maybe you got sideswiped, maybe the enemy came in and distorted reality for you, and twisted and cheated you out of things that Christ gave you, maybe the enemy decided to snuff you out. Whatever the circumstance is, I believe that God's supernatural power has the ability today to break those chains. And I believe that we can start afresh today. And my challenge to you would be when we pray this prayer and when we pray that you break those things off in your spirit, that you challenge yourself and you say to yourself, and I'm not trying to antagonize you, I'm not trying to make it hard on you, but I know one thing and I know this to be true is that every time the disciples said, get back to the fellowship with the believers, get back to the fellowship with one another, accept each other with brotherly love and kindness. 
They said that because they said the enemy is prowling around and he wants to get in your head and he wants to take it away from you again. So what I'm encouraging you to do is to get into the spheres that are there. Get into a place where there are things going on. Get into Thursday prayer. Get into a small group. Get into it so that when this gets broken off you, you're not getting to a place where you do not feel the serving capacity of your Savior who said that if you do nothing, I will serve you. If you do nothing, I will love you because it is not a price. There's no price for the love that he gave you. There's no price for it. And when you get that broken inside of you and you get God's love to be established inside of you, put up the walls, put up the guards and defend the love of Christ because that is what is going to be the catalyst for all of your capabilities of serving. And let's see, not only in big church, people that are wanting salvation and wanting to experience life, but that we explode out of love towards our community. I don't get tired when I hear about, oh, well, we're not really having a lot of people that are helping in different departments, but then, you know, we're talking about doing something like taking care of the city. I don't get, I'm not overwhelmed by that. I'm sometimes like in myself just thinking, oh, you know, because it's just a lot, but I'm not overwhelmed by it. I'm excited. I'm overjoyed by being able to serve. And once we get the next thing for us in serving, you know what I mean? It just becomes bigger. Once you serve in one capacity, it just keeps growing. The love of God keeps growing immensely. I'm telling you, you won't ever stop. So let's just pray. Go, God, you can just have the worship going. God, if I just pray for every wall. Those of you that are, are needing that time with the Lord, just reunite with him. Say, Lord, I accept you. Wash my feet. I accept you to wash my feet, Lord. I accept you to be the love that I need. I accept that you love me with no actual repayment, that you would just pay with your blood for me, that there's nothing, nothing, nothing that you have as an expectation in return. And God, I just pray that that love that you have would just be the overshadowing of everything that we do, Lord God. Lord, that our serving would be out of that place of that love and that intimacy of what we experience through you. God, that your love would shine great in every small area that we've identified here today. God, we pray for those areas of ministry, Lord God, where people can be ministers. Lord, I pray for those areas that are lacking, Lord God. We pray as a, as a body that people that love others would fill those roles, Lord God. We pray that you would just draw us to one another, Lord God, that we would protect the very, the very aspect of what you paid, Lord God. We would protect that love, Lord God, that you paid for, that we would protect against the enemy that wants to get us to divide, that wants to get us to be distorted in how we think about these things. Any high and lofty thing, Lord God, we cast them down. We bind any bondage, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. We cast you out in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that your perfect love takes care of everything. We thank you that your perfect love, Lord God, there is nothing that you would not pay, Lord God, for each one of us, Lord God. There is nothing, nothing that would ever separate, nothing that would ever choose. Lord God, you are so powerful. Your love is so great. Your love that you operate inside of each one of us. Make us your bond servants, Lord God. Make us those little images, each human being, just a little image of you, that we're those images of you, Lord Jesus. Not one greater, not one feeling out of sorts, Lord God, that we lift each other up, Lord God, and we love as you love, Lord God. I pray for your truth. 
I pray for your reality of who you are to constantly remain inside of us, Lord God, that we would leave this place not the same, Lord God. We would awaken our spirit, awaken our heart to know your love. I just feel like there's bondage right now. I feel like just in the area of like pornography and like, like, areas right now. If you're struggling in any of those areas, we bind you, you foul, deceiving, deceptive, lying person. You lying, deceptive we bind you in the name of Jesus. We say that you have no authority in this place, that these are children of God. We wash ourselves, Lord God, in that righteousness. We wash ourselves in your blood, Lord Jesus. God, that we would just grow to know you, that we would repent, Lord God, that we would be full of the love of you, that we would replace those things with your love, Lord God, that we would replace those things, Lord God, with coming to know you. We just pray for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.